2: You are listening to Flop Culture, a podcast all about flops, good, bad, occasionally Irish. I'm your host, Flunna. I hope you are very well. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode on Totally Scotty! Vanessa Marcy, my fave. My absolute fave. My two faves, I should say. Happy Leap Day for those listening on the date of this podcast's release, February 29th, 2024. Those planning to propose, best of luck. Hope it goes well. What news is occurring on this fine leap day? Well, let's find out. This, I think, could be the sign of something bigger to come, right? And we've talked about it briefly on the Patreon before with my good friend, the talk of shame, Kiki Monique. She came on to do an episode about the reality reckoning that at the time was being kind of led up by Bethany Frankel, a former real housewife who was kind of looking to It was kind of around, like, filming conditions and payment and stuff like that. That kind of seems to be on ice for the time being, right? But we have another former New York housewife, Leah McSweeney, is now suing Bravo and Andy Cohen. She's claiming that they intentionally preyed on her alcohol problem in a cynical attempt to turn her suffering into record ratings. So in this lawsuit that she filed on Tuesday, she talks about Scary Island, which if you know Housewives and you know uh, Real Housewives New York, you'll know is an episode uh, in which... Uh, One of its stars is very confused, very irrational, kind of saying mad things. And she's claiming in that that the Bravo or the franchise won its best audience figures ever with this episode. Right. And she's also claiming that they knew that she was battling alcohol addiction when she joined this show. Um, had Had a history of serious mental health problems, saw her vulnerable condition and took that as an opportunity to kind of boost ratings by messing with her and exploiting her until she went off the rails in a similar way that we saw on Scary Island. There's allegations of coaxing to coercion, to refusing her time in her schedule to go to AA meetings, retaliating against her for refusing to drink. Where this gets particularly damning is the sentence uh, in the filing that states that uh, Cohen, upon information and belief, Cohen engages in cocaine use with housewives and other bravo liberties that he employs and that he tends to provide the housewives with whom he uses cocaine with more favourable treatment and edits. You also have in recent days Brandy Glanville, who's a former... Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star, but she, like Liam McSweeney, has come back to do the big... It's kind of like Housewives All-Stars where they all essentially go on holidays together and it's Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Girl Trip. She's claiming in a legal letter this week that Andy Cohen previously sexually harassed her by telling her that he wanted to sleep with another Bravo star while thinking of Glanville and invited her to watch the act over FaceTime. He has since apologised for that, but also meant that the remark was in jest but did also say that it was inappropriate and apologized as I said so like this really seems like it's bubbling over into something significant I would imagine you also had the likes of another Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip star from a scrapped season Caroline Manzo previously of Real Housewives New Jersey also sued Bravo, claiming that the network and its producers regularly play the Real Households cast alcohol, cause them to become severely intoxicated, and then direct, encourage, and or allow them to sexually harass other cast members because that is good for ratings. Like this... I really feel like we've opened up a, a Pandora's box, potentially, and I'm not sure where this is going to go. I know people will call... Brandy Glanville's account into question because of her involvement in that particular situation with Caroline Manzo. Uh, It's alleged that she was involved in a situation on that scratch Real Housewives Ultimate Girls trip where Brandy was accused of sexually harassing Caroline Manzo and Caroline Manzo allegedly asked for help and nobody intervened at any point. But to see it now trickle down to these other people and kind of to see them all coming out of the woodwork now I don't know it's I'm reading the I mentioned the talk shame earlier Kiki Monique on Instagram and she's gone through the full lawsuit and but it's interesting to read the comments on that particular post I mean you have people kind of rightly also highlighting the fact that Leah is talking about being treated unfairly, but then she also went on to sign up to Ultimate Girls Trip. You have others kind of talking about comparing Andy Cohen supporters to Swift supporters in how supportive they are of him and how defensive they are of him. And kind of rightly making the point that Andy is an executive producer. I mean, like, is essentially a colleague of theirs, doing drugs with employees at a major company, not really sure about that. There also seems to be a lot of kind of passing the blame on to Leah as if to be like, you know you have an alcohol problem. Why did you sign up to the show in the first place? Which I'm not really sure I agree with that argument, but I can see, I can understand the thinking of it. But I suppose it's just a wider question of, I mean, what makes these shows good? Should they be this way in the first place like this is a hint for an upcoming episode we just did an episode on the real outsides of dc right and alcohol doesn't well it kind of does feature as part of the show but not in the sense of like nobody is seen to be alcohol isn't seen to be like a driving factor of that show and I will say obviously as we'll get into Real Housewives of DC is an anomaly it only ran for one season it was like the fifth ever franchise it was very still in the beginning early stages where and you're also in such an interesting place like DC where it's kind of like politics is the main driving talking point stuff like that it's not necessarily glam even but I don't know like why and I know there's a thing of even if you take it to any old reality show I know there's big arguments for God, Love Island used to be better when you used to see them smoke and you used to see them drink. And I accept that to a degree, but then you also have a show in which people were not protected and there weren't protections in place. And, like, it created good TV, potentially, yes, but at what cost? At the cost of literal human life in the case of Love Island. With Housewives, I don't know, it remains to be seen, but... I don't know. I d I don't know. This is why I come to you again, dear listener. What do you think about this? At flap Culture underscore bad on social media. HelloFlopculture at gmail.com. Do you think this is going to have any impact on the franchise? Any impact on Andy? Let me know. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. And then finally, Ariana is uh she's doing interviews. Eternal Sunshine, the album, out very soon. I think it's March 8th. I'm gonna check that. We will be covering that on the Patreon. I'm very, maybe excited is not the right word, but I am intrigued by it and I'm interested to see what it's going to be like as a record, what we can expect, especially because we're not getting any other singles other than Yes And and that abhorrent Mariah Carey remix. It's not good. Anyway, she's doing promo. She's doing promo uh, with the Zach, is it Zach Sang? I think it's Zach Sang. He has a show on Amazon. I think you can watch some of the clips on YouTube. Um, He, yes, Zach Sang. And he's chatting to her about the album and they're also chatting about like the tabloid speculation that's currently surrounding her, right? It's important to know before you get into this that they are friends, right? So it's not even just that she's getting a soft interview. They have a relationship and it's a positive one. They are friends. He's She's been on his show before. It's one of the most popular iteration episodes of that show. She was previously, like, quite candid, I would have said, on the show. Not really so much this time around. She's candid in the sense that, like, it's two friends who are in the know about a situation, who are talking about it and alluding to it, but they're not really getting into it in any kind of big way, Right. So he is kind of talking about the darkness that came along with this happiness because he asks her if she's happy and she talks about, you know, professionally, I've never been happier because she's wicked coming up. Obviously, this new album, it's all going very, very well. And he mentions the fact that Eternal Sunshine is going to be talking to people that have come to their own conclusion because obviously she's this massive public narrative around her with regards to her current relationship with Ethan Slater Broadway star, musical theatre star. He co-stars with her in Wicked. And there is a lot of speculation around their relationship as to when they got together. She was previously married to a property fella. His name is Dalton Gomez. And he was previously married to his teenage high school sweetheart. They have a child together. A lot of speculation around when that relationship began, right? Ethan's soon-to-be ex-wife, I'm not sure if that divorce is finalised, but his ex-partner anyway has come out and called Ariana not a girl's girl, allegations that they had all been out together, like them as a couple with Ariana, and then the news of them being together kind of broke. None of them have ever spoken out publicly on it since. Ariana kind of addressed it in the S yes And song. I might have talked about it in this podcast with the lyric, Why do you care as dick I ride? Why? Great question. She's a real thinker of our times. And she's kind of talking about this in the tabloid speculation and she kind of goes into this... I I don't really know. I get the point she's making. I'm not sure she made it incredibly well. She emphasizes the album was for her fans. She says, the thing is that we know this about the tabloids and about the media. Am I crazy? Don't we know this? We selectively remember that this is what the tabloids do to people, especially women, based on whether or not we like the person. That... Up to that point, I'm like bang on, though I would argue, I feel like she's perceiving it to be that people don't like me at the minute, which to be honest, I don't think is true. I think she is catching strays from certain places, but I think ultimately the song won over a lot of people. And I think that she still has a built up a lot of goodwill. And I think that's still working for her, not against her. Anyway, she continues. We selectively leave space for humanness, for nuance. The media leaves space for their friends and family, but they turn it off when that aligns with the version of a person that they have in their head and they want to believe is true. Kind of word salad, but again, I do think I understand what she means in the sense that we have obviously built up a perception of Ariana because of the philanthropy, things she's gone through in her life, what she puts forward as a celebrity, what she's put forward in her music about positivity and stuff like that. And then you hear a story like this where there's cheating allegations and there's a specific situation where I feel like we, we think differently about a situation when it's like, oh, there's a child involved or they were together a long time or whatever. It, that kind of nearly, we morally, that makes it worse to some people. But anyway, she continues. I'm not saying this for them about the album. I'm saying this for my fans, for myself. And then Zach is like, is there anything you wish people knew? she says plenty we don't have enough time we don't need to go into any specifics but of course there's an insatiable frustration inexplicable hellish feeling watching people misunderstand the people you love and you now I will say I'm not sure insatiable was the right word to use there but I digress Uh, here's the thing does she owe us anything no not really the issue is though you if if we have it so wrong you have an opportunity to correct the record here with a friend in a safe space. Someone who, if you want to say one sentence on it and let that be it, they'll be like, oh yeah, perfect. Like we, we won't have, you can say that. All she needs to say is, look, there's a misconception about my relationship. and I just want to say, that's not true. It can literally even be as vague as that, right? But that's what kind of, it's this, I don't know. I don't know and then I suppose from her argument it's like well if I do say that then I'm still kind of inviting all these people in and all this exposure I don't know I'm very intrigued to hear the album especially hearing her talking about in this interview because she's saying it's some of the most painful things she's ever written and it really captures grief and heartbreak in a way that she's never done before on a record so we'll see we shall see girls we shall see you know what else we shall see about flops Released in 2010, Leap Year seemed to have all the ingredients for success. A charming premise, a talented cast, led by the one and only Amy Adams and Matthew Goode, and picturesque Irish landscapes. Yet, despite its promising elements, the film received lukewarm reviews, to say the least, and failed to capture the hearts of audiences, at home and abroad. Joining me to discuss Leap Year is broadcaster and presenter Myrna O'Connell. Enjoy! (laughs) Myrna O'Connell, thank you so much for joining me on Flop Culture how are you?
1: have been waiting I'm like, she's been she waiting ever? girls like what have I done did like did I poo in her cornflakes why has there been no text <laughs> Like this is all about getting them out there and I mean all I do is watch the telly Come, Come on All you ever do is, is watch the telly truly An enviable an enviable life you live watching telly and There were so many options and Fanula was like hold on now a second you're going to have to give me a moment to watch an entire series if this is what's going because <laughs> this was the, I've been waiting for like a year two years to be like okay I will with, when Fanula does eventually decide okay there's no one left I'm going <laughs> to ring Maureen and i will be like, okay, we can just go straight in with my so-called life. That yeah. was it. This is where I was. I was yeah. like, I was ready to go. That one series, beauty. And in that space of time, I've gone from adoring it so much to wanting to gouge my own eyes out when I see Jared Leto. Yeah. That I'm like, I can't actually talk about him because he makes me want to. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So instead, we, yeah. Went, we went for something, you know, it's timely. It's given the year that it is. You it was, chose a film. That is called
1: Leap Year. <laughs> it was staring us in the face. It was, I was like we in the have face. to do Leap Year, the piece de Resistance that was surely done for tax purposes for Amy Adams <laughs> in 2010. Um, starring an in, obviously an Irish Colleen, because you gotta have the red hair. Of course, this yeah. movie came out a time when we were going through the crash. I mean, yeah. we were just two years after the crash, and this explodes onto our scene, and this was it. I was like, this is what Americans think of our culture. There has been no growth since the shillelagh, since Darby O'Gill and the little people. That is where we still are. And I think I've watched that movie, I would honestly say about 17 times.
2: Same. I actually watched it a lot uh, with my friend Jessica. Shout out if you're ever listening to this. It was like a sleepover staple. Mm. And I don't know why, because as rom-coms go, it's it's a bit kind of miserable. It's a bit like... Slightly joyless in terms of trying to buy into two people who are supposed to like, you know, enemies to lovers, trope, whatever, that they eventually fall in love with each other. What was your experience of initially watching it and then coming back to it for this?
1: Horror. <laughs> I was like, why is this released in February and not in October? This yeah, makes no sense to me. It's, yeah, Truly horror at the, at the time, because like that, I watched it with people like we're all sitting around our rented house lashing this on the DVD going this isn't really happening this isn't happening we're not doing this you have to pause the DVD to go is the accent worse or better than Tom Cruise in and Away then you've got to go get a clip of and Away and then you've got to judge Matthew Good on that so there was a lot of things going on there but then the more we watched the m- we watched the whole thing by the end of it did I want to ride Matthew Good? I absolutely <laughs> did Look, so,
2: he's very handsome. The accent is tragic. The accent is
1: so much worse than I remembered. So much worse. Truly horrendous. He does say one thing. He says Egypt very well. Yes, he does say Egypt very well. Yeah, but that's it. That's it. Like, that's it. And I love that when he's spoken about this movie, oh, in he... the time, like, he destroyed it. The only reason he did is like, this will be the worst movie of 2010. Yeah. And the only reason he did it is because he wanted to be near his girlfriend and his n- newborn baby. Yeah. And he was like Wicklow. I can. I'm very tall. I can jump. Yeah, it's fine. I can jump back in. Classic. To and I just. It made me love him even more on the press tour. I was like, I adore you for just being honest about what a turd this is. Yeah. Because around was it around the same time. I can't remember. Um, uh, Renee Zellweger had done that movie New in Town.
2: I know the movie. Yes, <laughs> where it's, she she lands on the do- on the door of somewhere and it's all
1: snowy Alaska. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the anti-night country and she <laughs> arrives in Alaska There's Harry Connick Jr. there And you're just going So this is You've got a really big tax bill Like yeah. something is happening here And, and I, have, I have read interviews about that Where she is selling That woman That Texan She can sell Beyonce Get her on your team and she and I was just like, thank you, Matthew Good, for just being like, oh, this is a heap of Because Amy Adams didn't it.
2: do a lot of press for it, unsurprisingly. At I least Matthew wonder Good why. came out and was like, I'll do the interview. I'm the surly barkeeper. Yeah. Here I am. Like Noontown was the year previous.
1: But you say, yeah, we are in the right We're uh, in the right. In 2009. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. some of the, because previous to this, because there has to, there is some sort of obligation to do an Irish movie for some of these big stars mm. right you know I, I don't know what it was that Pierce Brosnan was doing but I think it was getting people really drunk and being like come on to Ireland <laughs> it'll just make them really happy just give them 10 minutes you know we didn't have Instagram back then and they were like just walk around <laughs> and it'll eventually make its way to the Sunday Independent Life section that you've been spotted somewhere and they'll just be happy for a little while they just like the glamour they don't want to know you They just like the glamour. And for some reason, I don't know, like the shady deals that have been done in this country in the past, the brown envelopes that were given to celebrities to do these movies, I don't know, because we could also talk about another redhead, uh, Julianne Moore, I'm looking at you, in Laws of Attraction with Pierce Brosnan. Again, a movie I have watched way too many times. (laughs) And Michael Sheen was in that. So... This, obviously, this, if you don't know, and if you haven't seen Leap Year, please watch it. Please. Oh my God, please. I'm begging you, we should do a watch-along. So, it stars Amy Adams as a person who stages houses so that they can be bought for a very extortionate price. Can you imagine that that was a job? Like in Ireland now, literally someone would come in and take a dump on the floor as you're viewing the house and people would go, 100,000 over asking. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, you just don't need to make anything look good. So, the fact that was a job in 2010, amazing. But, you know, we were in the I property. honestly
2: thought that was a job that Selling Sunset made up. So, then to hear, because I couldn't remember her job, I thought it was like real estate or something. And then when she was like, no, I stage houses, I bring all the furniture and then yeah. I take it away, whatever, I was like, oh my God, okay. So, this isn't just
1: something this Amanda is- does in fucking <laughs> America. <laughs> Brilliant. Amanda staging houses. Oh. This is a world. <laughs> So, um, obviously, bear in mind that she sells a lifestyle. Yeah. That it's all maybe a little bit phony, mm. that her life isn't real. Mm. So she is going out with Adam Scott. Let's- totally
2: forgot he was in this and is someone who has since watched Severance and will be doing a recap series whenever <laughs> Severance
1: comes back. I'm currently, I'm currently in the middle of a bit of a uh, severe sort of, oh my God, what is happening in the world? So I'm watching Parks and Recreation to make myself feel Fair, better. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've um, never watched is already oh, bad, Lord, and start at the end of season two. Start of season yeah, three. Yeah, everyone says. That. Everyone's yeah. like,
2: season one's a bit weird. Okay,
1: uh, it's not bad. I, I, it's one of those things where you're jealous for what's ahead of you. Okay, it's I. I'm so happy for you. Okay. You know, it's like when I find out that people have, have gotten pregnant or they've bought a house. I'm Brilliant. like, oh my God, I am genuinely so happy for
2: That's how same. high it is yeah,
1: for me. Yeah. That's what it means. Brilliant. Um, so uh, Adam, Adam Scott, around the time of Parks and Rec, is in this. And he is a cardiologist. And uh, he is going out with Amy Adams. But he hasn't proposed after four years, guys. <gasps> and we all know after four years, if you haven't proposed... You die. Yeah, or you. Know, like you that. might as
2: well be out. Mm. You withered, all disgusting, ringless, hot skew, d- dirty, awful, awful, awful. Just, awful, just sew it up. What's it? Yeah,
1: what's the just point? Sew. Like we all know the epoch of life. Yeah, is getting married. Yeah. Enter John Lithgow, who's wandered off the set of Third Rock from the Sun, <laughs> accidentally going. Uh, my career is about to take off again in a major way very soon. Um, I'm just going to pop in here for a minute as Mr Brady Mr Brady her name is Anna Brady Yeah, who tells a story about the old country I've done the maths it was Amy's grandparents or Anna's grandparents who um, he didn't want to get married so she forces the the grandmother says let's go back to the old country because it's Leap Year and there's we all know in Leap Year in Ireland every woman proposes to men Yeah. sorry did we not say that that's the crux of this this very well known um, tradition that we all have is that Global. Since when is that just here? No idea. Okay. I, but you know when you need to sell a little bit of yeah. Irishness? Like again, you gotta remember, we were in the crash. No yeah. one was no one was visiting. There was nothing. Yeah. Johnny Ronan had lots of places yeah. to show off and no one Americans were coming. So we were like,
2: please, guys. Pl- please. There's so many Carls Irish gifts that <laughs> are just waiting for
1: you to, <laughs> to enter and buy keychains, you and know? Let's be honest. There is this, like if you look on Reddit there does seem to be a lot of American women who don't realise they can just say, are we getting married? Yeah, Like that they think that there has to be some sort of thing. Yeah. So um, I did the maths on it as to when Amy's grandparents would have come back to mm. Ireland to do this on Leap Day. It was like during World War II. Okay. You know, that's that's the timeline because this is in 2010. So fair play to her. Priorities. For yeah. coming across the Atlantic yeah. to make sure that she got married yeah. during World War II. I love it. So she hears Girl boss. Um, anyway basically She comes over He's at a conference In Dublin Of course the HSE Are always having conferences For cardiologists uh, They like paying big bucks For that sort of stuff do, um, yeah. And then uh, They're at this conference She's like I'm going to ask him To do this on leave day She ends up meeting uh, Dingle innkeeper Because she can't Her flight gets sent to Cardiff And from Cardiff You always end up in Dingle Yeah. And so begins the story Of their journey From Dingle To Dublin Which somehow takes Three days where they fall in love, classic. That is
2: yeah, this is a very geographically confused <laughs> movie, which is probably also why Irish people find it frustrating because you've the bad accents. She's supposed to go to Dublin. She ends up in she's in Wales. Then ends up in Dingle, but is supposed to go to Cork, but is on a boat. So it, so she technically could have gotten to Cork before she got to Dingle, but somehow doesn't. It's there's a castle superimposed from Leash at one point. Yes. it's just. This film's a mess, but I'm also, I, I'm
1: i the same as you. I find it quite endearing. I kind of love it. And you're also going, when they're on one road, going, that's the road from PS I Love You. But yes, yes! oh my God, yes. <laughs> that's the PS I Love You road. And that's it, wecklow. So what I think that we actually like about this movie is because everyone can pretend to be a doctor watching Eeyore or Grey's when they're watching it because we know Ireland. Yes. So yeah. we're like, excuse me, that is not Dingle. That's not the. Di- that's not how you pull into Dingle. That's not where the boats go. That's not the dock. Um, that road is an in temporary. We're all allowed to be doctors going, I'm sorry now, but you can't open the sternum that way when they're watching Eeyore and Grey's Anatomy. And we're allowed, so we've got this smug sense of superiority going, we know better than ye. Yeah. And I rather enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing that I do like. Ireland looks beautiful.
2: It that's and what, that's one of the things that was picked up on some of the positive reviews. There were not that many, but it is something that's highlighted about how gorgeous <laughs> Ireland looks. It's which it does. Yes. And Amy Adams very good in this. As initially like takes a bit of time to warming to. I find as
1: Anna. I agree. I agree. Amy Adams gets put into these roles that I'm like what like the Lois Lane thing, I will never get it as long as I live. Bizarre. She was just in a different world with a different Superman, she would have been great. Yeah. But her, I just don't understand it. Her Lois Lane was in a different universe to his. Yeah. And to Henry, because Henry Cavill does one thing. Yeah. In this, I'm just wondering if redheads, some redheads are contractually obliged to look like they are sewn to their heels. Like Bryce Dallas Howard in Jurassic World. Yes, she's oh not allowed to take the heels off yeah. and then she's going to run around with the heels and the same thing with Amy Adams and this. Then I went back to 2010. Guys, we did not take the heels off. I remember walking. I don't think I was even living in Dublin then, but my God, did I wear heels everywhere that I went. Yeah. Everywhere that I went, I have got the feet to prove it. So... Of a time thing I had to give her a pass on that Yeah For wearing the heels continually Yeah Even though You'd wear a pair of runners At some I stage just wear a pair of flats For fuck's sake You know when you're gonna see a cow Wear a pair of yeah. flats Yeah
2: She, as I mentioned, she didn't do a lot of press for this. It was kind of Matthew Goode did a lot of the heavy lifting, but there was like one, it was definitely kind of a junket interview where like everyone got the same kind of answers and she talked about like her similarities to the character (laughs) Anna. I think that's why I was attracted to the character. I tend to be really pragmatic, but ultimately tend to be attracted to people who pull me uh, into more spontaneity. I've really learned that through surrender, the best experiences of my life have happened. One of the things that attracted me to this story was thinking you have control, losing control, and then finding an amazing life for yourself. Perfect. Perfect.
0: <laughs> what a long she should
2: have way.
1: gotten the Oscar for this. What a long way to say I liked the paycheck. <laughs> what a long way to say I need to pay my PRSI. Um, wow. That's just not true. She wasn't yeah. attracted to Anna in any way, shape or form. No. Anna isn't endearing. And you're. Um, what they're setting up, when people ask, you know, when do you think, what about AI? I'm like, it was of It was, what's this one called? Oh, Leap Year. Leap Year. Like it was written by AI, surely. Ireland. Superstition, accent, romantic comedy, redhead. Yeah. And this is what was spurned out. And Matthew Good does look incredibly yeah. well. In Hapless
2: it. young woman who is desperate to be married. This was a big theme of rom coms at the time where it was like desperate to be, as we've already talked about, like you have to be married or a yeah. worthless woman if you're not married. Yep. Here's this loner, quiet man. Oh, he's been so hurt and bruised mm. before, but she needs to find the right girly mm. whirly. And here she is off the plane <laughs> from Boston
1: <laughs> to melt his ice cold heart. <laughs> Ah. Matthew Goode is Declan O'Callaghan? <laughs> Why we? Yes, as Declan O'Callaghan, a fine name, a legitimate name, a serviceable yeah, Irish name, yeah, completely, yeah. Um, it's just, I just don't. It's money, okay. I just have to get over the fact that she did this for the money and all the cliches that they decided to throw at the kitchen sink. So we know mm. this isn't for an Irish audience. It's for second, third, fourth generation Americans looking for some form of modern day nostalgia but they're trying to do that you know that Gable Colbert the sort of uh, Catherine Hepburn Cary Grant in in um, the Philadelphia story the Kate Hudson and bloody Matthew McConaughey you know in How to Leave a Guy they want that sort of attraction that's what rom-coms are two people who hate each other who end up falling in love and Jesus they just looked like they didn't want to be in the same room no and like, again, didn't even look like they were mates. Yeah, she, again, gives a very
2: unconvincing answer in the same interview about him. She said, oh, he's great. He's so charming and funny and he's smart. He brought so much to this role, did he? He just enjoyed playing Declan, did he? And that was so much fun. I love the character of De- Declan and he was absolutely perfect in it. There is, to right to the very end, it's not... He looks great. He's very handsome. It's... N- at no point is it convincing to me that it's like, oh, yes... They're in love. I don't think she should end up with the Adam
1: Scott character in the end, but it's it's a struggle. I At one stage, I was like, just get with the priest on the plane. <laughs> uh, it would make more sense to me. I would have, I'd know? like to see that version of the movie. Uh, that would be an interesting, uh, uh, an interesting thing. Like, why would you spend your time doing this? And why have I watched this at least 16 times? Yeah. Because there is just something, because I suppose our, our the era of the rom-com, we keep on being told that it's coming back. But in 2010, like we're, at a, we're coming into a very sparse rom-com time. Yeah. You know, you're going to have a few gems, but there was a lot of shite. So I think you'll just put on anything when you're looking for that little bit of warmth and love. And they're talking down to us so much, but we're like, I don't care. Like, this is what I can't get over when it comes to. People are like, how do we get money out of women? How do we, how do we do it? Just give us a rom com. Just get, I'll give you all my money. It's as simple as that. I'm absolutely fine with this. Just give me how to lose a guy in ten days. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. How to lose a guy in three hundred and sixty five days. Whatever you want to do, and and getting it this wrong just feels weird. What was the point? And it like it didn't make that much money. She must have cost a fortune. Like it wasn't a cheap film, and it all just brings me back to how much did the government pay for this? How much did the tourist board? pay for this goddamn film. <laughs> like the Australians just put Chris Hemsworth on a beach and they just do an ad and that is more effective than Leap Year. Yeah. Than getting people to come here. Do you not think? I think so. Um, There, wa- there, wa- there was one good, there wasn't as much with cows as I thought there was going to be because I was like, you know, in a film like this, you think there's going to be more cow action. Yeah. So they did try to keep that too a minimal.
2: Yeah. There's still significant cow action. And it's pr- like, the one thing I will say about this film, like, For a a film that's an hour and 40 minutes Not a lot happens You know what I mean? It's very And like it's funny Because Goode talks in a lot of interviews Again promoting this Where it was like Everyone loves a journey film You know what I mean? Everyone loves like a road trip film And I'm like Yeah but this is not a lot happens The in terms of memorable scenes the cow scene and the scene where they end up in that, staying in that guest house with the Italian couple who just can't stop shifting each other I actually did find that funny I was like I was kind of chuckling at that scene I was like brilliant
1: But also what was the point of this so in Tipperary in the B&B they're staying in the train and ma- the station master's house yeah. which happens to be in b Yeah because they've missed the train and they're going to get the train to Dublin the next day Yeah and so she can propose to Adam Scott, and he's like bringing her because yeah, yeah. public transport, public transport—that's a
2: flop. That's not a flop. Yep. To be
1: fair, we give it about public transport. So thank you for highlighting the lack of public transport yep. in Ireland. Well done. Yep. Rural transport is terrible in yep. Ireland. So, so it's a social justice film that I didn't realise. Actually, thank you for that. Um, it's Stop. it's citing <laughs> the ills. That's it. <laughs> so this conservative couple to stay in the B and B, you have to pretend to be. Mar- you have to be yeah. married to stay in the V yeah. so they pretend to be married so therefore they've got to share a room yeah. I wonder what's going to happen <gasps> but then this conservative religious Holy Joe couple make them do a shiftathon like it's coppers <laughs> after an All-Ireland final around the dinner table
2: they're like you have to shift in front of us You, if, if you don't kiss so pathetic look at these two Italians tearing
1: flesh off each other and you're not going to kiss each other you losers Can you
2: remember Bizarre.
1: you were American Pre-teens and sitting around playing fake truth or dare and making younger people kiss. No, is that just in what we did in Limerick? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we did this once so we would have been about ten, and then I won't mention their two names. They would have been about nine, and in our heads, they were going out. Yeah, and we we're like, you have to kiss, you have to kiss, you have to kiss, you have to kiss. And this, this scene in Leap Year brought back my bathroom of of my my, uh, crimes against consent. So I just just feel really bad about that. Again, it's, creepy and weird the way they're kind of making them have to like each other you have to share a room together oh yeah. he's going to see your bra oh you're going to have to yeah, share a yeah him constantly
2: walking in on her at the start where, where they're in the pub and she's like getting changed and he's like I'm going to make a hang sandwich or something like it's hang some sandwich of the, and she's like what's a hang some of the dialogue
1: hang oh. is a verb I was like oh sweet Jesus oh the dialogue is true. what are they relevant. what
2: are they like I have the mispronunciation I don't know what that lyric is, or line is in relation to the mispronunciation and drives me saying, but I also when he says beautiful apartment the chihuahua and the duvet where it's like he's trying to it's like a cork accent but I'm like babe babe Listen,
1: babe he was trying to get in the region what are we going to do what are we actually going to do oh I know what we do we actually after this we grew a crop of very good Irish actors so that this could never happen again like we're done with the Tom Cruises and the Brad Pitts and the Matthew Goods of the world we're like we've grown our own we don't have to do this anymore. Like, I want to see Paul Meskel in a rom-com. No. So bad. I need it now. I just think it would be superb. I still, to this day, think it is a crying shame that Michael Fassbender hasn't done one. And Colin Farrell. I just think it's a shame. I think that they would be, like, do I want a rom-com between himself and James McAvoy? Absolutely. Like, that's the one that I want to see. I want to see them doing Leap Year. It would be fantastic. But it's, that's what sort of offensive but then I kind of watch Air Force One and I'm like Gary Oldman sometimes sounds like he's from Peckham (laughs) and he's a Russian terrorist so do we have a right to be offended we're just happy to be in the game lads they know where Ireland is isn't that what isn't that really kind of before the Celtic Tiger sure listen we're just happy to be here yeah isn't it great um there was one bit of it And she's got a Louis Vuitton handbag. uh, Not handbag, it's a suitcase. luggage, yeah, yeah, luggage case. And Jeremy, her cardiologist boyfriend, has bought her this suitcase. And Matthew Good's character slags her, he bought you a suitcase. He bought you a suitcase. Now, I'm just wondering, in 2010, if I was going, Jesus Christ, it's as bad as buying someone a Hoover. Or, is it the rise, was he pointing out the rise of consumerism and commercialism and... Instagram hunts.
2: Was he never the villain?
1: Yeah, was he just going, I know what's happening here? Was Look he
2: recognizing that we were all being just absorbed by yeah. capitalism yeah. and.
1: Yeah, that essentially it is just a suitcase. Who cares yeah. if it's Louis Vuitton? Yeah. It will last a lifetime, apparently.
2: I mean, I'll believe that they haven't seen me lash it onto a train at Houston,
1: you know what I mean? <laughs> I think I could make fucking shit of that suitcase fairly quick. Listen, if that's a real suitcase and it lasted on those fancy Hollywood roads, would be fantastic. But do you now think, honestly, that you would enjoy a suitcase as a present? There's a big age gap between us. No, no. You would, would you? Absolutely. <laughs> I got one. My yeah. Adam's agree. Adam's agree. Adam would. My mother-in-law got me one a few years ago. Shout and out! I was like that is an excellent. Excellent gift Yeah I was delighted with it It is
2: one of those things That you probably wouldn't think By yourself Unless you really needed to And you wouldn't get yourself A really a really nice one You know what you I mean Whereas someone else would
1: You wouldn't And yeah. it's a sort of, Like I'll have that case for life Forever, yeah. You can bury me in it, like just yeah. hike me over the wall in that suitcase, Brilliant. and I'm good to go. So I was like, that is an excellent, excellent <sighs> idea. Um, the, as the road journey goes on, you're kind of just, can this be over? Yeah, it's it's the it's the road movie you want to end because mm. they are they have brought in this this road movie thing as they move towards Dublin. Declan views Dublin as the you know the like it is ground zero. Yeah, it. Is World War II It is yep. the epicentre It is the worst thing That's ever happened Yeah Which Is really annoying Because you're like Lads I know in America Places are really Really far away But like You'll have to go to the Passport office at some stage And you'll probably have to go to Dublin <laughs> So It's just what has to happen And then This whole thing Dublin's terrible You can't get to Dublin It's 500 euro to get to Dublin and then the, the woman who owns the B&B, she goes grocery shopping in Dublin. She's from Tipperary. <laughs> like, unless she's going to Colonel's Court, to be fair, that is a special dub. Yeah, fair. I'm like, I'm sorry now. There's some... Ver- uh, Shaw's almost nationwide right there in Cray. Yeah, You know, on, so you can get that. You can go across the road to Super Value. <laughs> there's so many Aldi's and Littles. She's fine. Yeah. There's a lot going on. No, she needs to go to Fallenburn, though. Do you know what I mean? Right. I think know that's what? Yeah, yeah. She was selling in Fallenburn, didn't they didn't they grow all their own yeah. vegetables? Well done you. So coming back. Well to done me. you. Well done you. So when she gets to Dublin and next thing the proposal is happening with Jeremy. Jeremy, but she's fallen in love with Declan. Yeah.
2: Awful. Who could have who could have thunk that? Who, who could have, have predicted it?
1: That that was gonna happen. Like you want things to be predictable in life, but not that. Predictable yeah. And I think everyone knows What happens Are, Do we spoil? Oh absolutely We, have to we spoil we'll yeah, have to talk yeah. about it. Um Jeremy ends up proposing To her On leap day And it's the thing In the that lobby she's of wanted. the fucking hotel They're in And he she's like well, Ah yes I'm still like No babe No no Yeah and it did look like It was KPMG Yeah It was I'm it was like <laughs> We can do better than this <laughs> Can we? Yeah. We can do. Like, we can, I think. A kid has run in to see mom and dad at work and they've chipped their baby tooth on that floor <laughs> falling over. It's, we can do better than this. Um, so he asked her to marry him. Oh my God, this is so, but she loves Declan. She looks at Declan and he's left. It is all so dramatic. Next thing, they're in Boston. Caitlin Olsen, again, from It's All The Sunny in Philadelphia. Why are you there? Totally I mean, forgot she was in this. Totally underutilised. She's in it for three minutes? So, four minutes? Yeah, Max and I'm like I'm assuming they got her because her name is Caitlin and they're like more legitimacy that is an Irish fucking name so um, back in Boston it turns out that Jeremy's only asked Anna to marry him because he wanted to get this fancy apartment (gasps) (gasps) dun 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 Consumerism She loves Declan She realises it She arrives back to Dingle She tells Declan She loves him But Declan has been so hurt In the past By Dublin His girlfriend That he doesn't want You know he's all about I don't want to make plans She's like I just want us To be together But we don't have to make plans I propose that we Don't make any plans Right out of Grey's Anatomy By the way Yeah I don't want to make plans The MacVet MacVet storyline It's coming right out of that and he disappears, and next thing she's transported from Dingle to the Cliffs of Moher. She's at a cl- she's at a cliff, and it's like, what? What turn is this movie about to take? Because
2: it all seems a bit much, guys. It all seems a bit beyond the fact as well that she's also now acquired the powers of teleportation. Like, yes. it's a it's lot stunning
1: again. If I was American, I'd be like, I want to go to there. Oh yeah, 100%. Stunning. beautiful, 100%. And um, Declan arrives. It turns out he was going to get his mother's claddering. Claddering was a whole other character that we didn't get into. And of course, I want to make plans with you. I want to get married. Just married appears on his old car, another character that we could not get into because it was a really weird plot device. And she throws the map Out the window of the car Because the best things in life happen When you don't plan for it guys Metaphor Smacks you right in the face At the end Thank you Leapier (laughs) I I can't believe it was made I can't believe it was made And I also Can't believe it's not more popular At the same time
2: Truly Truly But like you know loads of people Who have watched it right? Oh yeah 100% I, like I most people have or it, when I've said the, the name to people people have been like ah, and then I've explained it and they're like oh yeah I remember yeah okay. such a dark spot for people but I also think we're so attracted to the minute we hear oh this movie's set in Ireland and yeah. the accents are really bad we're like ding 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 yeah no, no get on get on get on even when like Wild Mountain Thyme came out a few years ago which I actually still haven't watched but uh, <laughs> like it was just it's catnip to us
1: I have to say I couldn't I, I was so excited for Wild Mountain Thyme like really building up to it. And then one of the trailers, when Jamie Dornan's accent was a bit, I was like, I don't think I can put myself through yeah. this. Like we were just out of COVID. I was like, I can't. Mm, I don't think I can do. This is what the Mescals and the Scots have done. They've yeah. ruined it for everybody because they've got legit accents. Yeah. So that's it. Um, it's one of my favourite flops. I will never give it up in my entire life.
2: Where does this fall for you in terms of like the canon of Irish movies that are set in Ireland, the accents are really bad, like what's
1: your top three, top five? Oh God! Sorry, yeah. Have to, have to do it. That's really on the spot because I didn't go that much. I haven't watched Wild Mountain Time and I'm hoping that that will be.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting
1: for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Come once I've gotten over the trauma of COVID yeah. that I'm ready to kind of deal with it. I would say, so if we're talking in the veins of, and it is said in Ireland, so we're talking laws of attraction, leap year, far and away,
2: um Michael Collins.
1: are you talking about? Well sorry, genre wise no,
2: but accents. <laughs> accents, I mean, terrible Irish accents.
1: Liam Neeson's accent's great in that.
2: Yeah, he's he's it's like as a cork woman. Yeah. Yeah, he's not that bad.
1: I had to I I watched it recently. It was on in the pub. Classic. for some it was on in the pub it was on in the pub and come and yeah. Kerry and we were just like Michael Collins is on and everyone all of a sudden the people who aren't playing cards are all staring at Michael Collins and we were like fair play the accent isn't bad He's so attractive Michael Collins is definitely up there yeah Um. I I think I've watched Leap Year more than Michael Collins I have to say Irish I,
2: history pff, Amy Adams uh,
1: Matthew Good. <laughs> uh, uh, Matthew Good. Like, I read, I read A Discovery of Witches because of Matthew Good, mm. The worst series of books. Has that been cancelled as well, the TV
2: adaptation? They did all three series. Oh, OK. They did three series. Good for him. Now, they glad. probably could
1: have done more, but I yeah. swear to God, I loved the first series of that. Yeah, terrible but don't read the books please
2: he was in a really interesting position though prior to this like he did a couple of like significant roles like you're talking in a Woody Allen movie we're not getting into Woody Allen but in, in Match Point you know like The Lookout but then he'd also come off the back of a couple of like other flops like the Watchmen movie adaptation people did not like and he actually he mentions in an interview where he's promoting Leap Year that people like would often come up to him and be like yeah I didn't like Watchmen lol um, and when he's talking about this he said I was told it was going to be like the Quiet Man with a Vaughn Williams soundtrack but in the end it turned out to have pop music all over it a bit like Chasing Liberty again which he also started in yeah do I feel I let myself down? No. Was it a bad job? Yes, it was. But you know, I had a nice time and I got paid. And obviously you referenced earlier, like he has genuinely said he took the role because at the time his girlfriend was pre- pregnant or he had a, had a had had small a child, yeah. had just had a baby. So he was like, he wanted to be able to travel. He said that yeah. fully after the pa- fact, openly was like, this is why I took this role.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I love him for that. Yeah, Like I remember at the time being like, I love you for that. Thank you for being so honest. Yeah, I See, the thing is, I wouldn't be including the quiet man in that because like he's got he's got an American accent mm. like are they playing are we saying Barry Victor McLennan he's got his Irish accent Um, Ward Ward what's his name like The Quiet Man is one of my favourite films of all time it will always be mm. Um, there is something so magical about that film I don't know what it, I suppose it's myself and my dad watched it all the time. It yeah. was just, that was the movie at Christmas. You sit down, you watch. The music was so beautiful. It was so colourful. And it is feeding into the, oh, gar and bigosh And we all know that at that time, there were women locked away in laundries. Like, this wasn't Ireland. But I do think it's fabulous. Mm. I loved it. And it does have this sort of medieval, chivalric sort of storyline to it. Um So it'll always be The Quiet Man. But for Taking the Piss, it has to be it has to be leap year yeah and I'll never stop watching it
2: yeah uh, as you said it didn't make a lot of money it made more than its budget so the budget was 19 million dollars made 32.6 million yeah uh, opened at number 6 it. at the American box office can you guess what it opened behind no 2010 2010, 2010.
1: I haven't a clue we've got Avatar obviously oh sweet
2: lord Avatar Sherlock Holmes right Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Squeak. (laughs) Oh, no. Daybreakers, and it's complicated.
1: Oh, well, it's complicated. Yeah. I've been out for ages at that stage because that's great. Meryl, you're all good. Yeah. I do know that this is the year, uh, 2010 is also the year that Morning Glory came out, which my. Job currently is working on a, a breakfast television show. Yeah. So everyone, when I first got the job, was like, Have you seen Morning Glory? What's Morning I haven't seen Morning Glory. Oh my Glory, god, I don't think. Morning Glory is Rachel McAdams. Okay. Uh, stars as a producer of an early morning television show that's on the down. Yeah. So it's got Phil from uh, Modern Family and Diane Keaton as the stars. And they oust one. Harrison Ford then comes in to host the morning show. And then she falls in love with pa- Patrick Wilson. Present. It is glorious okay I'm immediately going to watch that it is so glorious I genuinely sit there sometimes going why wasn't this more of a hit again it's painting by numbers but Rachel McAdams is just so like I know you've discussed season 2 of True Detective uh, and her trying to break out of that role but
2: my god she's so good she's so good
1: she's so good it's just such
2: a shame about everything else but yeah she is
1: I know like what's that one that she did with Channing Tatum where she loses her memory based on the true story
2: I was literally just about to say amnesia, but that's the
1: condition. <laughs> that's I know exactly what you're talking about, but I cannot remember the name. I remember name, with all that. Rachel McAdams being quirky, like she's yeah. meant to be alternative. I love it. Like it's yeah. so bad. It is yeah. so horrendous. I just think shove her in anything. I'm going to end up watching it. Um, But that was the year that brought out like Morning Glory. There was a J-Lo movie out that year. You know, we're kind of on the downturn. Is from- that the one where she...
2: Like, uh, meets her man from the Hawaii Five O, the Australian
1: fella, uh, Lachlan. Yes, he's so hot.
2: But uh, and she's, but she gets pregnant, and then she meets like the love of her life, and it's like, fuck, I'm pregnant, and I met the love of my life. This is a disaster, so I pretend I'm not pregnant. Yes, whatever that movie's called. You- if someone wants to do that for flock culture, tell flock culture gmail.com because I want to. The backup plan.
1: Yes, the backup plan. The backup plan. The backup Brilliant. plan. Brilliant. Oh, <laughs> it took me so long to decide to watch that movie because they were setting Lachlan up for. To, they were setting him up to be like, okay, this could be it. This yeah. could be a new rom-com hero. And then, so I don't know what was coming down the tracks that they said we're not investing in this anymore for years and years and years properly. I yeah. know we've had a few, but it was that, um, like it was a year of, just. I think it was the year of Eat, Pray, Love.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah.
1: I think 2010 was the year of E. Love as well, which just, I was like, Julia, why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? Make it, make it come back. And I think like there's been a dearth, like until Ticket to Paradise came back, I was like, okay, there we go. Yeah. We're back to the Catherine Eburn days. Um, so, uh, very high, very high up my list of, I'm sure I'm forgetting loads of Irish movies now, mm. Irish American movies um, that I have probably watched continually, but um, I would, I would watch, I would watch Leap Year. So do you think we're back kind of in a rom-com renaissance now? I liked it. So I was on the phone to my 18-year-old niece who's doing her leaving cert and she's she's at that age where you know she's going out she's going yeah. to pubs and they're going out drinking or whatever and one Saturday night she was off to see the Sydney Sweeney Glenn What's-His-Name Anyone movie, But You yeah. with a Glenn big Poe. gang of friends and I think she's gone to see it a few times like I would have done with One Fine Day yeah. you know and I was sitting there going, oh my God, the young ones are going to the cinema to see a romantic comedy. I'm really hoping that we're starting to come back a little bit more because there's an awful lot of people who aren't looking at Like, you know, when Matthew McConaughey said, I'm done with them. And you're like, don't turn your back. Just mm-hmm. pick bed. Just don't do fool's gold. Yeah. But don't turn your back on them. When when he kind of turned his back, they were like, oh, it's dead now. Because he would have done anything. Yeah and uh, then every actor said well if he can go off and win Oscars I'm not doing this anymore but I think people see the benefit in them now being like oh let's have a bit of a laugh yeah if we can get them to that sort of Catherine Hepburn Spencer Tracy sort of an era it should be good
2: yeah can I read you some reviews of Leap Year at the time we had cool. Nathan Rabin of the AV Club uh, they graded like kind of the American grading system so he gave it a C plus said the film functions as the cinematic equivalent of a shamrock shake sickeningly artificially sweet formulaic and about as authentically Gaelic as an Irish spring commercial obsessed with that thank you well done (laughs) New York Times said Leap is so witless and charmless and unimaginative that it can be that it can be described as a movie only in a strictly technical sense (laughs) I enjoyed that that made me
1: laugh (laughs) That's a read. That's a read. Enough. Like, what was going on with Amy Adams at the time? You know, because she's had this really interesting career. Yeah. Uh, sort of like as the extra in the office, mm. like Jim's girlfriend in the office, and mm. next thing she's Amy Adams. Yeah. And she's absolutely everywhere. She's a fantastic actress. We just did a rewatch of Sharp Objects for
2: the Patreon, and like it's oh. so the juxtaposition of these roles is like it's
1: it's beyond. It is, but also you should be able to do it all if you want to. You know, and she, right? She is one of the best things about this. She, hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent, yeah. uh, She is, and I also do remember the outfit uh, uh, at the time. You know, the cardigan, yeah, and the pencil skirt with the heels. I lived with a bunch of accountants. That was what they were wearing. Like they were going into work in the morning to be in coppers until 5am. Like accountants are crazy when they're in training. Like they are top notch. And they were all wearing those sort of things. So they did get the styling kind of uh, right in it, whether that's a good or a bad thing. Her hair is blow dried immaculately
2: as well throughout. I have to say that.
1: Every time. Every time you're like, that's not like if there was anything well we can't have those things authentic though no. can we like to, at least they didn't do the you know we're going to have a kiss when we wake up in the morning thing like that is the thing that I hate most I hate it more than than the fake coffee cups and pretending there's liquid in it it is the shift in the morning yeah, and the the getting it on and it's like no like who doesn't have morning breath just brush <laughs> your teeth I can't deal with it again one reason that I love Grey's Anatomy is because they he Gave she gave out about McDreamy's morning breath. Um, she's it, it was just yeah, it's weird, but they all kind of have that dud, don't they? Mm. Like they have a few duds, and I just wish that romantic comedy writers just put a little bit more because it could have been something.
2: Yeah, like the concept is there. It just there's apparently there's just things. Few more tweaks. I don't I don't want to replace Matthew Good. Don't want to see him out of a job, but I just think. Oh a few, yeah, a few more cranks of a wrench. We would have had something fully formed and good, not like ironically good, but like good, good. Yeah,
1: and the earnestness about the superstition of leap year was mm. a bit annoying because you're kind of sitting there. Okay, we're post this now. Thinking yeah, like twee little nations and their stupid little su- superstitions, and we're we're post Bridget Jones. Mm. So we've kind of gone. Ah, hold on now. She's got a little bit of agency we're not taking that seriously but then you go on Reddit and you see am I the asshole and there does seem to be this pantheon of, or this bunch of people who think they can't say Harriet do you want to get married yeah
2: Karen Valby actually wrote that at the time she wrote this piece about Leap Year 4 Interesting Weekly, where she kind of says this. She said, When will Hollywood drop this strangely clung to cliche that a grown woman will always be reduced to a needy brat when she gets a whiff of wedding cake? You want to know what was cute about Kimberly Williams in the movie Father of the Bride? Her character was a 22 year old and she acted like one. Maybe young women her age still get silly and feverish about their fairy tale notions of weddings and marriage. Grown women don't. And kind of goes on to like yeah. pull apart other movies for that reason Adam's character is neither a ninny nor a child and yet the whole marketing campaign of the film boils down to the that's a word that I cannot pronounce notion that what a woman today really wants what she will not in fact live without is a rock on her finger she wants that rock so bad the movie tells us and yet she can only risk asking for it herself once every four years in Ireland
1: that is she's just got the nail on the head it's this fallacy of who it is and what it is that we want when it comes to romantic comedies that they keep on pushing down our throat and I'm like, why do we have, why are we buying into this first of all? Because it's, that's not the way it is. And we're always like, oh, if more women get involved, but sometimes that doesn't solve it either. Mm. Because there has to be a cohort. We actually, we sit here going, there has to be a cohort, but there's not, I don't know anyone. I genuinely don't know anyone who would have been that desperate that they wouldn't have just said, Harry, are we going to get married by the way?
2: The minute I, I, I open those earrings, if I talked, he was going to propose then and the minute I open those earrings, I would have just been like, are we not? Yeah.
1: Like, why can't you say something?
2: Not going to lie, I thought this was going to be a ring.
1: You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, and if you're, if you're not willing to say, by the way, are we getting married? Like, what's going to happen if he's infertile? And you have to have the real proper <laughs> conversations of, well, maybe I might get yeah. someone else's sperm. Like, you, you it's just that she's just got it right. It makes us all seem like fucking idiots. Yeah, and it's and then when you do get that little bit older, and if you're selling to such a young cohort that they're five year olds and the be-all and end all is the white dress and and the wedding, you're kind of like, well, what are you going to do for the? What about the people who are twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty who are going? Absolutely not, lads. I need to get my house first. I got to do this. You're you're selling a fantasy that no one believes in anymore. Yeah. And no one wants anymore because there's actually more important things that are more fun and more exciting than spending 20 grand on it. Like, I think most people would say that. I'm Listen, I love a wedding. They're absolutely fantastic. But most people I know would be like, ah, no, I want to have the house to have the party in first rather than get the old wedding. So, yeah, it's uh, it's still shoving it down our throats. I think it's weird. But they've kind of, they've surely stopped now.
2: I haven't watched enough modern day examples to No, I should have
1: looked into what I've been watching because I will watch any old shit. (laughs) Any old shit. Give it to me. The one thing that's, that is, my job has interrupted my life because my life was staying up until five o'clock in the morning watching the most horrendous thing from around the planet. But then as you get older, you start watching romantic comedies from places like Denmark and Finland. Not try to be that asshole, but they're so good. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is really funny. Yeah. And it's actually for adults yeah so um, I think Hollywood are trying to buy into a little bit of that aren't they yeah treating so. us like a little bit older I just I can't wait until I'm 78 going oh my god the new romantic comedy that's for 15 years <laughs> old. like I'm going to be that person I remember when we were in transition year in school we a bunch of us went to see I think it must have been uh, just go with it yeah it just yeah Adam Satner Jennifer Aniston no absolutely not oh. sorry one of the best movies of all time Kirsten Dunst cheerleader Bring it on Bring it on Sorry Uh, Like all of us All the girls Mm. And the lads Mm. Because cheerleaders So there must have been 20 of us walking in there And we kind of walked in And there was this We just see someone Sitting by themselves And it turned out It was like one of our Student teachers He was only about 28 And he was a religion teacher And we were like Oh no Like there are just Red flags going on Here a lot This is a You should not be here And I was like Why would you choose This showing (laughs) (laughs) Like Cinemas beside our school (laughs) We're all well known For coming here When it's a rainy day After school And it's the after school of Showing And he was sitting there And we were like What is going on here Logic boobs. Yeah it was really um, But I'm going to be that person I will happily be that person In the cinema 78 years old Going to watch Many <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell Trying to revive their careers Once again with Anyone but you two Oh my god I'm
1: so into it Have you seen Anyone but you? No not yet. I, I think I'm just I think I'll sit a
2: because they're re- I, I literally this is my second episode we're all talking about this but they're re-releasing it for Valentine's Day they're calling it like the Valentine's Day encore because it's doing so well
1: Yeah like And it's, it's nice. genuinely
2: kind of reinvigorated rom-coms for cinema Because
1: it's nice to see a rom-com when it's in, like I spent days because it happened so quickly going please let Ticket to Paradise stay in for more than two weeks please let it stay in for more than two weeks because I cannot do another superhero movie like I am just even though I want Madame X to work
2: Madam Webb. Madam Webb. Or oh, babe. I don't think so. I know. I love your
1: oh. ambition, but even Dakota's like, mm. Yeah, I Dakota know. Johnson's she, like, fuck. <laughs> she's given off all the vibes and you know those things, like you know that that rule, once they give it to the women, you know that it's a failing franchise. Yeah. Um, I just really enjoyed Dakota and I would look at her hair. Yes. For I'm two sorry. hours. The most amazing, amazing, amazing head of hair. Um, But I was counting the the days that Ticket to Paradise stayed in because I was like, we need this. Guys, we need this to let them know that we want more and more and more of this. But then you have stuff like Fallen Leaves and the one that came out of France with Juliette Binoche this year. And I'm like, okay, do you know what? They're giving us romantic comedies from the other side as well. Yeah. So it should be It should be okay Again though It has given me A lifelong love Of Matthew Good, Like so much so That I cast him In other things And he 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 did not enjoy One minute of being In this film No Like it makes me think That he hates Ireland Like he hates Ireland Yeah You're like mm, Would Sorry. he come back For anything else Have I seen him here At any other time Like am I going to see him At the Book of Kells And I'm like no, no It's such a bad time Here in that movie That there's no way But his facial hair Was stunning Yeah like all lads should be looking. Jamie Dornan, Matthew Good, great facial hair. He's never gotten facial hair as good as that as yeah. he did in that movie. That is a triumph of the movie. Matthew Good's hair.
2: Matthew Good's hair, bop, leap year overall. Kind of a flop, but a beloved flop
1: of art. Oh, complete flop. Yeah. And should have been a flop. Mm. Should not have made over 30 million. Yeah. Shocking, to be honest. Um, but beloved. Like, you know, you, you kill your darlings. Truly, I love truly. I love it,
2: love it. Marin, what a pleasure. You're so welcome back anytime. As you said, you watch so much shit. You can talk about whatever <laughs> you want at any time. You text me, I'll text you. Where can people find you in Why the meantime? Why did it take so long? Why did it take so long? I'm sorry, I know
1: it took too long. Next time you'll be back in. I watch oh, so much shit. Um, oh, I'm, I'm on the telly on Ireland Day. Then I'm on Instagram. Which I'm trying to, which I'm, which I'm attempting to step away from. Fair. Yeah. Social media is awful. Oh, yeah. Media is awful. Everything's when, awful. When I was kind of like, oh, you feel bad all the time. Maybe it has something to do with your phone being yeah. in your hand. Okay, yeah. let's step away from that. But still, it can be fun for some things. Some things. Some yeah. things. Some things. Yeah. A delight, by the way. One of my very favourite people, genuinely. <gasps> A delight.
2: Thank you, Myrn O'Connell. You are so welcome. Thank you for joining me flap Culture. Much appreciated. <laughs> Big thank you once again to Myrn. I leave all of her links in the show notes. Uh, Leap Year is very hard to find streaming-wise. So if you are listening to this on the 29th, I do want to say Lighthouse Cinema in Dublin is screening it. I'm not sure if there are any tickets left as I say this, but if there are, I'm giving you a heads up so you can go watch. Otherwise, you might have to get a DVD. Does anyone even have a DVD player anymore? Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, from one flop to another, let's talk Top of the Flops, shall we?
0: You're a flop.
2: Top of the Flops this week is j Or is it? Or is it really, right? Because you have this sequel album, This Is Me Now, going into number 38 on the Billboard 200, the sequel album to This Is Me Then, but This Is Her Now, okay? Goes in at number 38 in the Billboard 200. This was an album that couldn't have had any more promo if it tried. You had the album itself, because it was part of a trilogy, lest you forget. With the album itself, we had the movie, the visual album, which... Pfft, if you want an episode on it, let me know, because I'll do it. Bonkers. And then you have the behind the scenes making of the album documentary, The Greatest Love Story Never Told, in which Ben Affleck is like, why are you, why are, the, you're telling our love story, Is the whole but this title is called The Love Story Never Told. Why are you doing that, babe? Whatever. He's saying that. And then you also have her talking about all these people who she asked to be in the movie, and they said no, which I'm kind of like, It's incredible that you still included that. You know what I mean? Like, we've got the likes of, she asked Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Grant me the confidence of Jennifer Lopez emailing Scott and whatever her mom's name is. I cannot remember off the top of my head. The Swift parents being like, hey girlies, is Taylor free for my little movie, Sivu Play? Bonkers, 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 bonkers. Now she wasn't the only one who said no. There's loads of others that said no. Jason Momoa, kind of random. Jennifer Coolidge, I get it. God, I would have liked to see her in it. Lizzo, maybe a blessing in disguise if she didn't do it. Vanessa Hudgens, random. Ariana Grande, the aforementioned. And Snoop Dogg were also unavailable for cameos. <sighs> I mean, and then for the album Tony going at number 38. I don't know. I feel like we're going to be talking about this in a year's time. When I'm 60 years of age, still talking about flops, we're going to do a retroactive on this and see. But... I don't know. In other ways, I've seen the argument that it was like, yeah, f- the whole thing makes no sense. It's absolutely bonkers. But you know what? Fair play to her. This was a story she wanted to tell from her perspective, her own money. That's great. Let's let more women do that, you know? And I think that's a good argument. And you know what? Maybe I'm a hater. Maybe I'm a Hamer- hater. Am I not a feminist? Do I hate JLo? No, but just bonkers. Especially if you consider all the drama she had with Io Debris, You know? Like you thought that might have gossiped up something i suppose my perspective is who was actually looking for new jennifer lopez music in 2024 that was narrative driven that was about this whole thing of i'm crazy in love i'm a sucker for love i i'm addicted to love like i i just can't find the right person I don't, I don't think that was enough, like, the Ben, obviously her getting back together with Ben was, like, really interesting at the time, but I kind of feel like people are over it now because she won't stop talking about it. I don't know. Am I being unfair? Let me know. Did you love it? Best movie of the year? And the Oscar goes to Jennifer Lopez? We'll see. Who knows? Anyway, that's it for me. Thank you so much for listening to Flop Culture. I mentioned we're on Instagram and TikTok. It's at Flop Culture underscore pot. We'll take suggestions there if you have any suggestions. And I'll also take your ratings. I'd love some ratings wherever you're listening Apple or Spotify or wherever. Much appreciated. We're on Patreon. Would you like at least two bonus episodes a month? Well, you're in luck because you can get them at patreon.com forward slash pop culture. So this month we've covered the halftime show. We have covered sharp objects as part of pop culture. We have talked about book talk. And this week I am recording my bopper flap episode on True Detective Season 4. With Keen Roach. That will be coming very soon. And also, I know you've been waiting. A Bop Culture and Flea Bag, an update is coming soon with Owen Keen. So stay tuned for that. It's patreon.com forward slash Culture Let's shout out some recent patrons. Hello, Louise D. Thank you for subscribing. Hello to Genevieve L. Thank you for subscribing. And also thank you to Nicholas C for subscribing. Huge appreciations. And as I said, that's your platform as much as it is mine. If you have any suggestions for there, let me know. I'd love to know. Anyway, that's it. We're done. This has been Flap Culture, edited by Adam Shannon. I will see you next week. Ta-ra!